Welcome to the MUFG Global Markets FX Week Ahead podcast with Derek Halpany, Head of Research, Global Markets EMEA and International Securities. It's Friday 5th January 2024 and joining Derek to pose some questions on the financial market themes for the week ahead is Michael Owen, Head of Global Client Desk EMEA. The following podcast is intended for professional investors and eligible counterparties only and not for retail clients. Any content should not be regarded as an offer to conduct investment business or an investment recommendation, but for information purposes only. Good afternoon, Derek. Afternoon, Michael. The December US jobs report has just been released this afternoon. What's your initial take on the NFP report and what implications do you think this will have for FX and rates markets over the coming weeks and months? Yeah, you know, on the face of it, certainly it looks strong enough. The earnings figures were a little bit above expectations. And of course, the NFP print itself was stronger as well. I think, though, if you if you look under the hood, so to speak, there were plenty of aspects that effectively has resulted in the market reaction, uh, reversing somewhat from the initial jump in yields and the stronger dollar. You know, so very quickly, the most obvious there was a, a chunky enough revision, 71,000 to the, the two back months. And that has meant the private sector payroll growth when you take a three-month average, because the October print was very weak now after the revision, just 44,000 private sector jobs created. And the three-month average came in at 115,000, which was the weakest since covid so the back revision certainly gives it a, a weaker kind of um, feel. Also, the household employment, uh, the unemployment rate was unchanged, but that was because we had a very large drop in the labour force, which essentially masked a 683,000 drop in employment in the household survey. The labour force dropped by a similar amount. And the unemployment rate remained unchanged at 3.7%. But that employment drop of 683,000, again, was the largest since COVID. And if you if you ignore, obviously, the extremes of COVID, it was the, the largest drop since October 2013. Um, so definitely a weak element there. Then the work week declined from 34.4 to 34.3. Participation rate dropped. That's a sign of, of, of weakening confidence. So plenty in there to certainly back up the view that the labour market is, is weakening. Is it enough, obviously, to make the markets more convinced on a March rate cut? Uh, no, it, it's, it certainly doesn't nail that down. I think you need to see clearer evidence of uh weaker economic data for the markets to become convinced again of of a, of a March uh, rate cut. So obviously, there's still plenty of time for that to unfold in terms of weak data. So, you know, let's wait and see. But right now at the moment, uh, you know, it's still up in the air in terms of whether it's going to be a March cut or a May cut. And effectively, all in, I would say that the report was relatively neutral for the dollar. Thanks very much, Derek. And that kind of ties in nicely because I know we've got our themes of the year coming up this month. Uh, just so our listeners know, there'll be no FX weekly today because the monthly is coming out that has the themes of the year. Can you provide the listeners with some highlights and what you think lies ahead for the coming year? Yeah, so the monthly is about to be um, 
released and we'll have five kind of themes that we think will be important for 2024 for the markets more generally. So uh, a US dollar outlook, which kind of highlights the challenges for the the simplistic view of the dollar weakening because the Fed are cutting rates. Uh, I'll come to that in a minute. Then we'll have a, a Fed outlook view in the US economy, the China property sector and the implications for China growth in 2024, the energy markets and the the kind of cyclical versus super cycle structural elements and, and how that's going to play out in 2024. And then, of course, as a lot of people have been already speaking about politics and elections, which given the, the, the significant elections that take place this year over uh, globally, basically, and, and, and what the potential implications for the markets are on that. Um, from an FX perspective, you know, I, I would describe ourselves as broadly neutral on the dollar with maybe a slight bias for strength in the first half of the year. But then the, 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 the trend of dollar weakness becomes more clear and more pronounced uh, in the second half of the year. So the challenges for a weak dollar story initially are you know, first of all, the, the the pricing in the markets are quite synchronized. Uh, for example, the ECB is expected to start cutting rates in or around the same time as the Fed. You know, if the Fed cut in March, it'll be a little bit ahead of when we think the ECB cuts, which is in April. If the Fed go in May, the ECB will be maybe before the Fed. But generally speaking, big picture, there's a, a synchronization there in terms of what's priced into the markets in terms of how in particular, the ECB and, and the Fed um, behave this year that doesn't really call out for a big divergence trade at this point in time. And in that context, I think it's going to be difficult for uh, the euro to, to advance, even as the Fed are starting to, uh, to cut rates. You know, for example, if you take a 17-month period, um, and that covers a 17-month period from the last Fed rate hike, which of course was July of last year, which would cover the period through until the end of this year. In the last five uh, cycles, monetary cycles in the, from the Fed, the dollar has ended stronger on two occasions over that period. It's It's been roughly unchanged on two other occasions, and it's actually only weakened on one occasion in the last five monetary tightening cycles or pausing cycles. So, um, you know, the, the, the history doesn't scream at the dollar weakening just because the Fed is cutting rates, in other words, or, or they, they've stopped hiking. And I think then in terms of the, the global growth challenges that I've mentioned, you know, we have near on recessionary conditions in Europe. Again, same in UK, same in Eurozone. Uh, China growth policy implementations do point to potential for some stabilization and improvement, but ultimately China growth is, is weak as well. So the global backdrop for a uh, a weakening dollar. It just isn't pretty, it's, it's just not obvious at the moment. Later in the year, if we get the China stimulus, we could see some improvement in sentiment and economic data later in the year. We think Europe will be in a better position in the second half of this year. And, and the global growth picture could improve somewhat. And in the second half of the year, the Fed will be more active in cutting rates. Whereas in the first half of this year, they're, they're going to be a bit more cautious, even if they do cut in March. The communication is probably going to be along the lines of, you know, we still have to watch for inflation risks. We think we're over the worst. And, you know, it'll be uh, the, the tone will be cautious. But as the economy weakens more clearly, the Fed becomes more convinced on the need for, for monetary easing. And that becomes a more powerful story in the second half of the year. And that's when we think the dollar will weaken.
So we, you know, 108, 110 kind of levels we have penciled in for, for, for the first half of this year. But then by the end of the year, we have, you know, Euro up at 114, 115. Thank you, Derek. And then finally, uh, FX trade ideas. Um, did you have any trade ideas over the year end and what is currently remaining open? Yeah, uh, uh, we had essentially short euro yen um, trade idea. And then the second one was short uh, Norwegian krona. So the, the euro yen we've been stopped out on. So uh, obviously the turn of the year to themes, I guess, has been focused on that has helped to renew the selling of, of the yen, the unfortunate earthquake that took place on New Year's Day. The narrative behind that is that the BOJ won't be in a position to to hike rates. I think, you know, to be honest, the, the chances of them hiking in, in January was already quite diminished before the earthquake. But I think the markets have come back in, in in January. They see March, probably April, as the very earliest time in which the BOJ is going to uh, is going to hike the, the the short-term interest rate. So those who want to get back into carry, um, it's still got a window of potentially three months. And I think after the pretty substantial drop that we had in dollar yen in, in Q4, there's a there's an eagerness to get back in and 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 to 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 buy dollar yen. So that kind of weakness obviously filtered through into Eurian as well and, and Eurian has rallied. So um we're out of that trade, but we're still in the short Euronoki uh, trade. I think certainly in circumstances where broad risk sentiment remains um you know, reasonably favourable, then that trade should continue to, to to benefit from what is an extremely undervalued currency. It's one of the most undervalued in the G10, in in, in our view, Noki. So uh, short year to Noki should should continue to work. Thank you very much, Derek. And just take this opportunity to wish all our listeners a good year ahead. Indeed. Thanks, Michael. Thank you for listening to this MUFG Global Markets Podcast. Rate, review and subscribe and contact your MUFG sales rep for more information. Come back next week for more insights from the Global Markets Research Team.